Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhawks Titans podcast series. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Scott Weir, CEO and founder of Pillow Partners. Scott, how are you? Fantastic today. It's a real sunny day here in Scotland, so everyone's happy and positive. <laughs> um, yeah, I do. The, the days of sun can be quite rare in Scotland. Maybe that's why you're all so hardworking, right? It, it, there's nothing else to do when you guys take jubilees off to, to go and sunbathe and drink cider in the sun. We we in with the rain, so that's why our productivity is higher. Brilliant. And were you sort of was there a deliberate sense of boycotting the uh, the jubilee in Scotland? Did you notice were people willingly going into work enjoying themselves? Uh, no, not at all. I think uh, Scottish people will do anything for a holiday, and um, so <laughs> we will we will bank off anything jubilee, queen, anything, and um, just to get an extra day's holiday. <laughs> well, look, that, that's good to hear. Um, so for the audience, Scott and I go quite far back. Um, we we're sort of a, we're big fans of Pillow Partners and what you do. And we've been trying to get Scott on the pod for a while, but um, seemingly a uh, very busy guy building and growing the business. So look, for people that don't know Scott, and um, there shouldn't be many, but um, tell us anyway, tell us anyway, what it, uh, what is it you do and, and what is Pillow Partners? So we are, uh, we'd like to say ourselves as a, a social impact short-term rent, rental company. So full management, exactly what you would expect from a, a full rental management company. Leo, if you had a, a holiday let, give us the keys and you don't need to do anything. The team will take care of absolutely everything right from start to, to finish. We also do marketing services for owners. And with the, the social impact side, we have our own charity. We may get a chance to cover that later. But with our booking platform and uh, tech stack we can market properties as a channel like airbnbbooking.com etc but the difference with that with us hopefully every single guest that we have does some good for for communities so we'll know in those places definitely edinburgh here in scotland and barcelona and places like new york the short-term rental industry is seen as negative what we've wanted to do is have some positive social impact that every guest does something for communities and we support the small local businesses so on our platform we don't put the big nando's and frankie and benny's and and mcdonald's of the world we're only going to promote to our guests the small independent family businesses like the Italian that's been in that village for, for 15 years that needs the support. Uh, the big guys, the multi-billion pound conglomerates can take care of themselves. So every guest gets a good experience, has some, some social impact and leaves that community better. So that's us and that's our differentiation from any other booking platform and management company. Scott, I, I love it. And I know how passionate you are about it. It's so necessary, I think, that as an industry, we focus on highlighting the benefits that tourism brings to different regions. It's also engaging with policymakers and making sure that we're having pragmatic discussions. But it is, it's having, it's pushing that message out there that actually local communities, they want the pubs full, they want the restaurants full, and they want to be able to make a livelihood. And our industry is so often at the forefront of that. So I, I, I love what you're doing here with the with the social impact stuff. What what sort of sparked you to go in this direction? So my background, we were doing property management from about 2002. I set up my first management company, which was a, a traditional high street letting agency and estate agency in 2006. Every town village has estate agents role where all the estate agents are. We, we were one of them, had two branches and you know a reasonable size. I think we managed about 500 buy-to-lets and, and did specialise in selling buy-to-lets. Um, uh, but for us, we noticed as an estate, as a letting agent, 
come to mid-November, if you don't get a property let, then it's unlikely to let between, and that's changing now, but back then, there was a good month let. If you were an owner, Leo, I'd say, listen, we'll not let your property midway through December. Nobody's wanting to move. It's going to be empty the first few weeks. So we had a month um, of, of empty units, so I wanted to give them to charity, get homeless people in and say, well, listen, we could take, even if we're squeezing them in, they could get showers, they could they could charge their phones, they could cook meals, and we could get like 10 people in a property, take them out of the cold in the coldest times. Uh, and when we went to do this, the, the local authority said, well, we'll, we'll prosecute you for that. Um, so wow. we, we noticed, right, okay, well, let's do it formally. Let's do it legally. Let's try and help. But the local authorities told us not to do it. They said the prosecutors, they were going to pay extra staff at Christmas to make sure we weren't doing it. So we were trying to do it legally. And we found a lot of red tape and bureaucracy around trying to donate things to help homeless. Even when we were raising money and trying to give it to homeless charities, there were so many rules. So we noticed that buy-to-let properties should have 100% occupancy, give or take. But we've I've been managing, we didn't call it serviced accommodation or short-term rentals. Since 2002, it was just corporate lets, holiday lets, long-term lets. But we noticed with those types of property, which let's call them short-term rentals, there was gaps. And we started asking our owners, could we donate this to charity? Could we use the off-peak? Uh, and that's how it started. We started gifting to... And we'll maybe speak about the charity later, but we started doing good because these were empty. And if we could, if we had great owners who really cared about the community, then we could actually do good. So in 2016, we focused, switched the focus from lettings to pillow. We set up a brand new company. We, we merged the other one in, but we focused on short-term rentals as our principal thing and, and phased everything else out. So um, we noticed that actually we could build that business while doing good, but we couldn't do that with normal buy-to-let residential lens. Very, very interesting. So it took you to innovate and your reason for innovating was actually to be able to um, provide accommodation for the homeless community. I think that's fantastic. I mean, there's always got to be a reason, right? There's got to be a spark that makes you go in, in that direction. 2016, quite early for the vacation rental industry. Um, how's the market differed from, from when you started out to now? For us in Scotland, and anyone watching uh, in Scotland will, will know this, for anyone in, in England, you're going to be shocked to know that the Scottish government have, have now legislated us, so we're going to need a licence, very much like perhaps HMO licensing in England. So uh, as an unregulated market, um, now us as uh, agents and, and owners are going to need to go to the government, to the local authorities to get a license. We're going to need to pay for it. Um, and that is being shaped as we speak, but we're going to need to ask the, we're going to need to ask permission. So that's one big thing for us is the legislation coming into Scotland. I'm pretty sure Wales will follow suit because Scotland and, and Wales have, have similar viewpoints when it comes to legislation and regulation. Uh, England may, may follow suit, but hopefully long time in the future. And I think maybe 80% of our business is, is in England and Wales. So that's changed. When we first started, we would get people who were just happy with the property with COVID. Um, we've changed a lot with the, the cleaning standards. Um, and I suppose, and we may get a chance to chat about this in detail later, but guest expectations have massively changed. There's the older generation that used to order a catalogue from Sykes and plan a year and ahead and pay it up. People are now looking for instant experiences. They're wanting instant answers. Uh, and the younger generation uh, would, would be 
a lot more fussy. So after COVID, because prices were higher, expectations were higher, therefore the, the tolerance for complaints was much lower. So totally different market to 2006. There's lots more channels, so it's much better for operators. Um, Airbnb was in its infancy, and we, we looked at that as it was happening and followed the journey. And if you see Airbnb's timeline of it wasn't working, it wasn't working. We went out and took professional photos, and then that was the, the changing point that allowed them to, to get bookings. So we followed that journey live and noticed 2006, if we did it two years earlier, it probably wouldn't have worked. And if we did it now, we would have not been able to compete with the other giants in the industry. So it was just a little bit of luck, 50% luck in the right timing. And I suppose keeping an eye on what's happening. Yeah, okay. And 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 you're right. A lot of it is timing, isn't it? But then it's having the um the the uh, process internally to make sure you're iterating, iterating and improving, right? And like, you know, obviously you 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 built a, a very, a very successful business in the space. Um I I assume based on how you built it, that it wasn't necessarily your intention to go down the franchise route from day one, or or, or was that always something that you had in mind? Well, I made two decisions at the start. One, um, we, we spoke about impact and I had a lot of friends that had um, had that had charities and we thought if we jumped in and did the, the charities things first, then we wouldn't be able to focus on the business growing. So we decided to do a little bit of charity, but really focus on it, launch our own charity, which we've done this year, but build the business so we could we could scale more. Um, so from that point of view, we, we delayed that. We delayed the franchise route um, until a good two years ago we trialed it but a great person one of my original mentors said um to me scott if you want to build a great business where your team um are really invested into your core values then you, you need to make them feel they, like they own the business an employee will be an employee but if they feel like they own the business they're going to try much harder um, and that always stuck with me so we wanted to create a model and we call it franchise but it's not a word that i particularly like but it's pillow partners, so yeah. they're partners. Um, so for, for us, we rather than make them feel and make employees feel through motivation that they own part of it, we thought, well, why not Why not do that? Why not let people own part of it? Um, no, we've got some great employees, but the 95, if that phone rings and it's an owner or a guest, the staff are home, rightly so, because they're paid for that time. But if you're a partner or a franchisee or a licensee, whatever you, you would call it, but a partner, you pick the times, you can take Monday off to go and see your kids drop to school, do yoga. But in our hospitality industry, as you know, it isn't nine to five, it's the opposite, it's evenings and weekends. So rather than trying to get employees and make them feel a part of it, give people part of that business, partner with them, they would be more successful than doing it themselves. And they, all our franchise buy into the core values they're working they're taking guest calls at 11 at night they're doing yeah. things that it would be really hard to get employees to do and again if the employees watch this they're all amazing and they're in all support roles for all our property managers all over the world but it's um in their commission only so if i was managing your property the the, the the prices are linked and their remuneration is linked to the success of the clients so as the people on salaries not caring if they don't fill properties they don't get any money so i think it's i think it's a fantastic model and i do think it harnesses this um uh strength of a local person taking ownership of a particular set of pro properties because i've always said from the word go and you know i've been in the industry for a number of years as well that, that supply, I think, is best executed at 
at, at a regional level. It's best done locally. You can have certain functions performed centrally, of course, but having a person on the ground who cares, is invested in it deeply and wants to go the extra mile makes all the difference because what we're trying to do is create an amazing guest experience, right? And, and clearly that's something that, that, that we've spoken about in the past and that you're focused on is like, how do you get someone to go from just presenting a room and a house with really quite mundane things and no love and attention to, you know, going and making that uh, connection with the local bakery and bringing in some bread or, you know, having a meet and greet that, that's very personal. And, and and I think at your core, that's that that's how you set up to operate, isn't it? Exactly. So again, the, the elements that we can centralise that we don't want the property manager doing, like finance and and bits and pieces, we do centrally. But we we met at the short term rental summit a few weeks ago. Um, Emma, three of our franchises, Emma in Glasgow, Naomi in Cheshire, and Leanne in Manchester. Now. They girls wouldn't know anything. If we had a call centre here in the west coast of Scotland, they wouldn't know anything about Cheshire. We wouldn't know anything about Manchester. Whereas if we can get all guests to deal with their property manager, then I'm going to, let's say I'm going to Cheshire. Uh, Naomi would hit me up with local restaurant recommendations. She'd tell me what trains to get. She'd say, here's, go to this small business. And wherever you come from in the world, and if I think of phoning a guest helpline for a big company, I wouldn't name these, but big booking portals. Yeah. That, they're, they're a bit out of hours call centres all over the world um, and you're phoning up they were only reading notes and there's a difference between reading notes and saying I was brought up in this community you want to go to that baker but don't get your coffee from there go to the coffee shop mm. the property managers become the local experts but they're seen as um, champions of the small businesses so for some of us we like to build cleaning companies not personally we don't get involved but we've got a small cleaning company the property manager will build their business as we grow and um, same with maintenance um, and just try and get covers and restaurants get income for local shops because those small businesses competing against the, the massive conglomerates out there it's pillow partners and we see the community as part of that yeah i love it scott i love it and you're completely right it's like you're taking the the thought process a step further is yeah how can we make sure that when they're in stay and they're in our communities we can get them using the community um and and, and using things from it and and that's actually what the guests want as well like you're just funneling them into an experience that they want because everybody wants to quote unquote live like a local you know no one, no one wants to come and eat at mcdonald's you might end up in mcdonald's because you couldn't find anything else and it's i think it very much is our job as an industry to find ways to get them into those to those local establishments Totally. I mean, we're off to Portugal in a few weeks and based on nothing else with no recommendations, we don't read Portuguese or, or whatever. I, I, I would probably go for the easiest option and say, well, there's a well-known restaurant, which could be the same experience as you would get in Spain, France, anywhere. Whereas if, if we had property managers in Portugal, we would say, go to this restaurant. By the way, there's a... Stefano, I'll make up a name, Stefano, and he'll <laughs> tell him you're from Pillow Partners and you, you oh, you're from Pillow Partners. So we we train the we train the, the partners that we work with regard to local businesses to say, Leo, you you with Pillow Partners will listen, and there's a free latte or you've got a free scone or something. Right. Just to to give that extra because property booking a property is not enough people want an experience they want a memory and that little thing of somebody walking in and saying are you mr and mrs smith you're here for your anniversary will you get a special seat at the window because the property managers listened and said oh why you call what brings you to what brings you to chester oh we met here 20 years ago it's our anniversary and every part of that journey every place they go 
they say, are you Mr. Smith? Well, let me get you a, and they bring a cake because a property manager's done it and all our property managers got a budget to, 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 do, to, to do a wow factor. So they'll pay for the cake and then that's a returning guest for life. They'll never book through Airbnb. They're going to stick, be loyal to, to Naomi and remember that experience and give us a good rating. I think that's fantastic. And I love how much time and effort you're putting into that at a, at a, at a local level to, to go the extra mile. Because it, it can often be a bit of a soundbite, right? Where actually, actually, you're not really doing very much for people. But to go that far will certainly be what gets that person to book directly with you again, even if they did come through an OTA the first time round. So yeah, I mean, that's, I like it because it's not rhetoric. This is clearly something that you're really orientated towards. Well, we try and you know there's a lot of working parts with uh, with with holiday lets and um, things you know people things can go wrong out with our control. So what we try to do is just get that standard up high. Uh, if if a boiler breaks or an oven doesn't work or um, someone hasn't read the listing right and moved in, we, we just want to make that right as much as possible. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. What do you think property managing is in general could be doing to make their assets more appealing to to the younger generation of travellers that are starting to take up more and more of the uh, of uh, of the bookings? I'm thinking Gen Gen Z guys. Yeah, um, there was always an old saying when it comes to property investment and, and landlords buying buying properties for buy to let. It was like I wouldn't rent anything out that I wouldn't live in myself, and that's one of those. It's statements that everyone in the, the lettings industry just takes for granted. And I've always said it's, it's kind of bullshit. You wouldn't you wouldn't rent anywhere else that you wouldn't stay yourself. Well, you're not you the landlord's probably not a student. They probably have different decor tastes. They probably don't need parking because they're elderly. So owners or landlords that get the buy to lets and their taste with the same wallpaper and, and everything, that's not their target market. So I equate this to owners short-term rentals always want to do what they get it the way they would like it um i've got the office we got a graffiti artist there to bring to do that and escape but that that i love that but that wouldn't be what guests would want in a property for example but it's what i love Uh, and i think i want the pillow brand so owners need to start thinking like young people and that isn't me trying to think like young people because even i don't get it and i'm just 41 yeah. it's actually speaking interacting with young people and seeing what they want so a um, couple of things definitely definitely smooth booking process we still look at clients and they've got a form to fill out online or fill in a word document and then email it over to an owner and an owner will look at that and get back to you that's never going to end the under 30 maybe even 40 is ever going to go to a a request to book personal website. You've got you've got split seconds to, to to catch somebody's attention. So things like wild pictures, just that split second. Why are these young people picking yours around scrolling past? Making sure that there's super fast Wi-Fi, which is which is pretty obvious. Again, that sounds obvious, but so many. Old, I've got a fourteen pounds ninety nine Wi-Fi deal. It's amazing, and you can get one device, and it only goes that far. Simple things like that. Um, I think instant messaging, um, getting back to people really quickly. Uh, even I am um, I'm not young by any means, but I'm now educated and my, I, I want instant messaging and it annoys me if you can't get through to someone straight away. So instant answers, instant resolves. Uh, and I think one other th- two things, one is some social impact. People are looking at the, the environmental, the 
impact our stay has. And I think we're at the infancy of that. But if I had to fast forward and we watch this video back in three years, I think most guests, definitely five years, will say, how does my trip affect the environment and global warming and climate change or however? So some social impact as well, doing some good, more than experience. Uh, last thing uh, I see all the time is owners, well, I've got Netflix there, but I'm signing out that account and I'm not letting them have it. It's seven ninety nine a month or something for an account. So streaming services, given access to that. Um, elderly people don't want streaming of Netflix and Amazon Prime. They won't have heard of Amazon Prime perhaps, but uh, just instantly get all the things logged on. Don't be charging them. Let them download a movie for $3.99 if they've paid £500 for a stay. We've seen owners arguing that somebody downloaded a movie, so I'm cutting everything out from Amazon Prime because they downloaded an app. Let them have it. It's three, four quid. It's pointless when they've paid a £1,000 to claw yeah. back £3.99. So loads of little tips that I could do, but just think like a young person and Take some young people. We get our property managers to, to stay in properties if we can. If they're kids and families and husbands and wife, they can't just nip away. But when we set them up, when I set Pill up, it was just me, my first 15 properties. I stayed in it overnight. I set them up. I went in like a really argumentative, arsy, stupid guest from another country that didn't know. And I went through these processes and said, well, yeah, the, there's no plugs near the bed. There's no USB chargers. So experiencing that from a young person's point of view not oh that's fine I, I wouldn't want a, I wouldn't want a, a dressing table or I wouldn't want a, a ring light for example um, I'm a guy I don't need it but if you put something like that in a property that you're renting to young women that would be an amazing tip so get take your take your kids and grandkids with you to your units and I bet they'll point out five things that you just wouldn't have thought of I think that's super super uh, interesting advice and I think I like that. It'd be your own, be your own inspector, right? Be your own, uh, be your own inspector. Yeah. Take, take your family along is, 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 is perfect advice as well. And cause you're exactly right. Um, clearly I'm not spending hours thinking about, I'm thinking I need a mirror to do my hair as you know. So, so yeah, I, I definitely would have missed all, all, all of those cues. So yeah, I think that's it. And I think speaking to you, what's really obvious is just that, is that you've taken the time and care and attention to think about this. And I'm sure that these are the conversations that you have with your partners, right? Your pillow partners, when you're helping them set up and grow their business. I, I think I can see this is definitely part of the, the onboarding process, right? Well, one of the things, ask any business owner or entrepreneur, and they'll say certain variations of the phrase, I fucking wish there was two of me. I wish I could free yeah. time. I wish there was more hours in the day. Yeah. Well, freezing time was impossible um, until lockdown happened. And then actually for a good, probably not not the two years, but I would say there was six months um, of literally time was frozen. It was illegal to take guests. We, could, we couldn't leave the house. We couldn't travel. So this office here, and if you see me looking back, because my dog is lying next to me. So, um, if you hear weird noises, it's because I've seen the dog. Um, but we, we, that was it was a horrible thing to happen, but it was an absolute gift. And the things that we would never have, all the things we've said, always my dream. All, but we're coming into summer now, Leo. We've put a whole many new projects and even listing new properties. But time was frozen for three months, for three months. We had six to nine months of... I was in this office um, working and um, working and never worked so hard in all my life because time was frozen and I thought we've got the time to put all these projects in place that we would never have had time to do as a growing company. So the the one good thing of that meant of lockdowns, we had an extra year and 
I watched other companies and oh, I'm watching Netflix and yeah. you know, just binge watching box sets and I'm yeah. I'm on calls to people at 10, 11 at night. And I'm thinking, well, this this is the time to do these because as soon as we go back to normal, um, we chatted previous, the problem we have is we need more great staff. We need more people. There's new departments been set up, like out of others customer service and different things, getting new staff. We, we don't have a minute here at HQ. So all these ideas I've got that I'm putting up in the whiteboards to, to my left will need to be done and we'll get them planned in for September. So freezing time allowed us to do it. And that's the one good thing of lockdown. I, I, I made every minute count, as did the team. Brilliant. And and I, I really like that because I think that um, it's – it's the whole thing. I remember listening to Bradley Wiggins talking about um, training for the Tour de France and and for this for this for the circuit. I mean, although let's let's not go too much into how professional cyclists um, act around drugs, but let's let, let's take let's take everyone's word for it. Um, and he was saying his his happiest day training was his um, his partner and the kids drove up to their in laws for Christmas Day. He. Uh, he spent two hours cycling on Christmas day and he thought to himself, I know that nobody else is training today. Like I know that I've got that, that, that time on everybody else and they're not doing it. And that's what you're saying here is like, actually when you watch other people falling off and binging on Netflix, that almost empowers you to want to do more, right. To just, just, just to get further ahead. So I love that. There was a, a book, um, an Olympics roar, and I think it was a, a, a Steve Redgrave, I can't remember, but it was, will, will it make the boat go faster? And um, it, he's now left the, 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 the sports Olympic world and is now a business leadership consultant. And his book and leadership course, Will It Make the Boat Go Faster, was his very simple thing with the team. Um, what should we do today? Well, let's go for a coffee. Will it make the boat go faster? And it's how they won the Olympics. They were an underdog that no one expected them to win. And every decision they made, should we do a training session? Will it make the boat go faster? Um, and every decision, everything they ate, everything they did, should I just relax and watch watch TV and catch up with these senders? They asked, will it make the boat go faster? If the answer is no, don't do it. And that's how they prepare, very similar to Olympics. And that was my thing during lockdown. We... And now, um, will will that make the will that we have a saying? What does excellence look like? What does the best short term rental company in the world look like? So, our will it make the boat go faster? Is what what does world class look like? And if it isn't, we try to get as near to that. And we'll, one of our core values is Kaizen, the Japanese principle of continuous improvement. So, what does world class look like? What does excellence look like? Well. We may not get that because it's coming into summer or we don't have this or don't have that, but we try to get it there. So that's, I love that philosophy. I've training on Christmas Day when nobody else is. Yeah, good. Well, no, brilliant. And you've said some really interesting things there, there as well. I, I think we might uh, we might start using that ourselves at Superhog. I like that. Will it make the boat go faster? Thank you, Scott. Um, uh, we, we're nearly out of time, but I want to talk more about the, the, the charity because it's not only is it so central to what you do, but it's, in reality, it's it's one of the big reasons why you, why you started the business. So, yeah, for, can you can you tell us more about it? Yeah, so it's um, we do have the 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 actual charity that's registered. So it's Pillow Safe Havens, and we wanted to have it around safe havens for people to use. We went into a little bit locally, and um, went a bit at start about how we would gift this to, to local people. So. Before we would ask, um, let's say you were having a charity event, Leo, for a charity that you chose, 
we would gift that. We've got an owner to gift that and say, well, they could raffle that off and get £1,000 or £2,000 at a business charity auction. We've always done that. And I think before we launched the charity, we'd, we'd facilitated about a million pounds plus of donations to local charities. The charities that no one's heard of. So the big ones can raise money. They have teams of, of fundraisers, local businesses in the community. So one, um, we've always donated to charities. We ask our owners to do a pillow pledge on average it's seven days and they say well here's seven days you can give that to someone uh, a child with cancer at end of life to create a magical experience you can take that a nice story we did there's a lovely charity here called beautiful inside and out uh, pauline's daughter committed suicide at 13 um so we gifted a unit which would, if you bought it off the website it was 250 pounds but they did it at a charity auction and got a thousand pounds and that for was just we gifted very simple there's there's a weekend in a property very simple didn't mean wasn't that big an impact but pauline said that thousand pounds will save lives because there's the nhs is a six-month waiting list for children that are suicidal it's, it's insane how could i couldn't believe it so these things i feel passionate about i i'm thinking of committing suicide not a problem six-month waiting list yeah well that Pauline thought that those thousand pounds worth of professional counselling would, would have saved some teenage lives. So that's the impact that one person doing a pillow pledge can do. So we've expanded that with the charity. We can legally fundraise our new platform at pillowpartners.com. You can book and at checkout, you can make a donation, one, one three or 5% on top of your stay, where you can do these things. Um, so you can get another thing, one local charity. To give examples, and I won't talk too long because I'm very passionate about it, to go from where we are at near our HQ to go to the cancer, to get chemotherapy, it's three buses, and it isn't funded by the government. So someone going for chemo is to get three different buses to get to Glasgow, get a chemo and get three buses back, whereas the government wastes so much money on absolute nonsense and corruption and weapons and wars that they won't fund transport for chemo. So for £25, we can put and get someone to go and get that bus and that's the impact that every state can have. So if we put the, the owner's generous pillow pledges, the teams work here, um, and it isn't me, it's all the team. I had an idea, the team implement it. We can have that charity where the guests donate money, leave food for food banks, leave clothes they don't want that we give to the homeless charities. We put all that together. We have a charity that doesn't have any administration costs. The team at Pillow of the employees that literally run the charity for our money. We do all the admin, the marketing. So the charity is zero cost, not that these oh. things are big directors. Yeah. So it's um I, I won't talk too much because it's it's I'm very passionate about what, what everybody else does, and it isn't me, it's the owners and the guests and the team. It's fantastic. And I love that this um not that this is necessarily you know, the case, there's nothing wrong with people getting paid who work for charities too, obviously. But I love that you're you're really focused on the fact that there's no there's no cost. You've done it in a way that means that every pound that someone gives goes to the goes to the cause that they've designated for it. I mean, that's obviously a remarkable achievement. So I guess that your your employees working on this are sort of doing it in a voluntary capacity on top of what they already do for 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 Pillow. Well, we 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 we, we it's part of their wages. So when we're attracting, and we're 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 not a big corporate company like. 
Google and Facebook that can that can pay high wages. One of the things we can give is a little bit of flexibility, but people come to their work and know that they, their time, you know, up to 20, 25% can be done. So we've got one person that's full-time job in the charity. So it's it, it's their work that we pay them for. It's not above and beyond an extra work. But everybody, everybody does their little bit and, and does everything they can to, to promote these charities. So I think it's nice to get us good talent. It gets us good owners rather than those money hungry, horrible landlords, people that want to do good. And hopefully in time, we get good guests and this will all raise the reputation of the short-term rental industry. Well, look, Scott, Scott, I think it's fantastic work you're doing. I look forward to seeing it grow and and flourish. If people want to learn more, give us where they can go and get a bit more information about it. Yeah, just jump on to pillowpartners.com. Okay. And or Google Pillow Partners. If you Google Pillow, you will get pillows. If you Google Pillow Partners, (laughs) it's on any platform. (laughs) <laughs> amazing thanks scott um i think that, that that's the perfect place to wrap it up um lovely to talk to you as always thank you pleasure thank you cheers